You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IVP Podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Avram Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi. <laughs> Some of you might have heard my interview with Esther Juni. Now I'm here with the person I usually talk to, Dr. Sam Juni. And of course, this is not our standing in two worlds dealing with some sort of psychological issue, but I know Sam will have some sort of psychological spin on this. I'm actually talking to Sam. I talked with your wife, Sam. I talked about how she felt that you had three kids that are in the heart of this conflict uh, that has been unleashed. So I want to get your perspective too. I know, you know, you, you wear two hats. Uh, you're the Zeta, the Saba. Uh, you're also a psychologist, a thinker of how societies work. Share some of your thoughts here about what's happening and specifically for yourself. All right, so I'll, I'll start with an introduction, which is a story about my uncle. Uh, my father-in-law was visiting my uncle in Amsterdam, I would say about 15 years after the Holocaust. And my uncle's kids were out of the house, and it was about, probably, I think it was between one and two o'clock in the morning. Uh, father-in-law says to my uncle Heshig, aren't you worried about where the kids are? And he says, I can't worry anymore. They went through the horrors of the Holocaust and they can't worry anymore. And in a sense, I identified very much with my parents' um, experiences during the Holocaust. I grew up, you know, with that culture day in and day out. More so than just my parents, very much with my mother's attitude about the Holocaust. And so I feel that um, personally, this is obviously not based on reality testing, but based on cultural indoctrination that I've been through a lot of abuse by the them out there. And my attitude is that I'm not going to be scared anymore. I can't be scared anymore. All the scaredness that I ever had to do was done already. So yes, I have three grandkids out there and I am worried about them in the rational sense, but I am not scared. I'm not scared simply because that part of me has been overdone to the point that I can't really experience fear as such. I have a hard time um, taking shelter when the sirens are out there. I just, uh, I mean, I'm being pressured by my family. What are you doing? You have responsibility, but I just, I can't do it. So you're saying, Sam, that even though there might be a expansion of this war, we know, you know any Hamas operative here is out to kill any Jew we can find. There might be Hezbollah from the north all of these saber-rattling and the sense that the war might come into the streets of Yerushalayim, it doesn't really scare you in the way that it might scare others. No, I mean, what I feel mostly is anger. I feel pride, obviously, that the kids can do something. I always fantasized as a kid that I can come here and fight for Jews, you know, to get back at them. And again, the them are very prominent in my in my thinking, you know, the other has been very well uh, conceptualized in my unconscious, unfortunately. It's not an adaptive way of living. But uh, no, I can't say I'm sitting there being nervous or scared. I feel, go get them. Go fight them. You uh, can't let them get away with this. I'll tell you, you know, just as a Holocaust child myself, I have been wary of comparison of Nazi atrocities to what we are subjected to by the Arab neighbors of Eretz Israel. Even when I read the about the Palestinian indoctrination 
and the type of videos and the type of pseudo histories that were being drummed into their minds. I, I never really felt that it had reached that type of level of insane, barbaric hatred to the point that the, the people aren't recognizable as humans until Shabbos, <laughs> until Shabbos, where we talk about, of course, about the bombs, uh, the rockets were really a smokescreen for the infiltration and not just the kidnapping, but of course, uh, you know, they made sure there were enough people to kidnap, but of course the rape, torture and, and mutilation really in, in, in some of the same sort of sick, sadistic ways that we have not seen since the Holocaust. So I, I think that the, the the death toll, although it's atrocious, is really a shield for many people. I haven't watched the videos. I have only heard people talk about them. But it does seem to me that this, this heralds something that we, again, you were born after the Holocaust as I was. We have not seen this type of unleashing of mass murder in our lifetimes, really. So I take exception to your statement that I was born after the Holocaust because I somehow feel my soul was in it and was then imported and foisted on this body. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking, well, speaking in similes, of course, but I feel I was there and I can tell you that here's the standing in two worlds that comes in. From an academic point of view, I see people as infinitely different and I would never in terms of, let's say, psychiatric diagnosis or even the psychological profile, group people together say it's the same. But the way my psyche has developed and has been like basically formed in the cauldron of the experiences that I was born with, the them is one them, all of them. These are evil people who are trying to get us, you know, Behisha Amda is part of what I wake up with instead of um, um, Mother Ami. These are the same guys, the same chayas, never trust them, and the them is all of them, which is a kind of coarse way of thinking, but I'm being honest about what goes on in, 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 in my life or in my soul, and I don't think I'm the only one. I mean, at least not based on the patients I treat. There's quite a few people out there who still see it all in terms of black and white, and these are all evil people who ultimately will sell us down the river for kicks, or maybe even they would even enjoy some selling us down the river. So no, I am not that as nuanced as I could be about this. So in some ways, like you indicated before, Sam, you know, the, the three grandchildren in a way really represent you, right? You you sort of are in a way thinking vicariously, right? No, doubt, no doubt about it. No yeah. doubt about it. Because I w- would have been in their shoes and, right, and, and if, you, I, if I had had the guts to come here much earlier as a young person. Again, let's let's put it on the table once we've we've gone to the precipice. I mean, you would be proud that they would go in and eliminate, kill these these animals. Oh, if they can do it, sure. 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 I mean it's I unfortunately feel that there is more of these perps where these guys came from. So I don't have a a very optimistic solution about what to do over here. But sure. Sure. I'll be frightened for them, but I'd be prouder if they actually did something that I can say, aha, they're avenging Jewish history here. I mean, I mean, the way, whatever they're doing is commendable. You need to have someone covering all positions, not necessarily only those positions where the fire is going on. And I really don't even know where they are. 
I've asked this question for people as young as 15 and older people as well. One of the things that you're struck by, and of course, I'm, I'm here stuck at the Leonardo Plaza Hotel, and almost all the service staff are Muslims. I don't know. If, I don't think they're Christian Arabs. You know, I hear them speaking Arabic. I'll be relieved. You would assume they are Muslim Israeli Arabs. And you can't go to a gas station or a pharmacy. Uh, I just filled a prescription. I talked, I told you about off pod by a very nice Muslim uh, pharmacist. It, it's incredible how despite, you know, the, the calls from Hamas leadership to Muslims all over the world. And yet we still are connected to the Muslim community that's here. Are you scared? Is it something that you're worried that the nice pharmacist might, who knows, when you go to fill the prescription, might say, hey, I'm joining them? Especially your sense of them is everyone. How do you, right. how do, you do it then? Right. What's so scared isn't really part of my vocabulary. I am not scared. You're I would not be surprised yes. if instead of taking out the uh, penicillin that was subscribed, that it comes after me with a dag. I would not be surprised. No, never. But the thing is, I would not be surprised of any of the others doing it. Look, I, I, you know, taught in the, uh, in the university settings where very few people were Jews and I had people that I communicated with. And then if you asked me, do I trust that this person when he or she invites me over to a restaurant or whatever is not walking me into a trap or then they'll call out all the neo-Hitlerites and kill whatever, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not scared. I, I, I've, You've I've, lost ha- I've had it with being scared. I've had it. It's not gotten me anywhere. It's not gotten the uh, Jewish people anywhere. No, I can't do it. I can't do it. Maybe it's a fault. I mean, some people was, I mean, somebody has told me yesterday, it's very foolhardy of you. I'm bike, biking along, the siren goes off and I'm biking and I'm watching the, uh, uh Iron Dome. the Iron Dome shooting things down on the bike. And people are saying, Hey, okay, come on, come in, come in. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm not lauding the rationality of what I'm saying, but in a sense, I'm lamenting, you know, this is Holocaust victimology that continues. Let's end with a little bit of uh, old-fashioned cynicism. I mentioned to you that one of the interesting tofaot that has happened is that instead of the week in between Sukkot, between Trinitzeris and Rosh Chodesh, where everybody is sort of like getting ready for the new Sman, Yeshivos have decided because of the situation, they are going to start now. And most of the Yeshivas started already. I think I was sort of a, an understanding. I don't know who came up with the idea. It was interesting to me when I spoke to my grand nephew, in other words, my, my brother's grandson, that's grand nephew, not great nephew. And he told me that in the August Yeshiva sphere, that what they are going to do is study in the afternoon Seder, Hilchus Kavit Shabbos, because based on the, the statement of Yaakov Etzlinger and the Orach Laner, that the only reason when Rosh Hashanah falls out on the Shabbos that the year ends up positive is that the community's sense of Kedushas and Kavit Shabbos is so great that the Tkir Shofar is unnecessary and that the Din comes out the Tov. Clearly the fact that Shoshonah on Shabbos, first, first day of Sukkot on Shabbos, and then Shminat Zeres on Shabbos. And yet this should happen means somehow that Kali Yisrael needs to be 
have their Kovach Shabbos strengthened by learning the halachas of Kovach Shabbos. And this is what they're going to be emphasizing in Yeshiva Smir, at least in one of the aspects of it. And I, and I was telling them, you know. I'm trying not to puke here. Yeah, so. me, me too. Because again, uh, I, I think part of what I just described has, it's, it's layered. Part of it, I think, is guilt. Guilt that, what are we doing? The B'nai Teiru who aren't being drafted, the B'nai Teiru who aren't being called up, right? They're seeing other young men with kipot getting onto buses in the middle of Shemini Atzeres, making their way to the front. And therefore, oh, we're going to call the Yeshiva together. And now, but what can we do? Like, what, what is our, what is, what is our strength and shield going to be? They are grasping. Let me just say, okay. I heard a version of this which was much more palatable. That's from Rabbi Asher Weiss. Basically saying that we have to believe that our Torah is helpful to the Jewish people. So uh, maximize, he didn't say go back to yeshivas now. He said, let's maximize our learning even as our brothers and sisters are out there fighting. He said it that way. What makes me puke is the attribution saying, I know why these guys attacked us because of Shabbos. I've heard these crazinesses because of Shadels. I've heard the craziness is because of um, uh, WhatsApp, that that's what's causing it. And I, I, I really am tuning in very much something to both the Rav, Rabbi Salavajik, and the Lubavitcher Rabbi both said, when you start saying, you know why the Holocaust came up, they use this term, the, the best thing to do is just shut up. Just don't even go there. You have no idea. This is too vast and too outrageous from a national and moral point of view, to say that you have the wisdom, it's because of Shabbos and Shetels and Cholent, whatever it is, and the Holocaust happened because of Zionism. Just cut it out. Just cut it out. So here too, what are you doing? It's Randall. You're taking this and bringing it into the same realm of some kind of concocted musashmusen that you do when you're bored. And, And I think part of it is the weakness of our generation to just except they need to have the rationale. And if the rationale is not provided somehow, the message doesn't get through. But the rationale also is a way of making themselves feel good because it's not us. We're dealing very well with Shabbos. Best we have to do is influence those people who are not dealing well with Shabbos or are not wearing the shakels. Although, again, again, saying that everybody had to be shown, had to work on Kedusha Shabbos more, I think what really... Needs. How about do what you're supposed to do? Yeah. You feel you're committed to learning, do that, and don't come up with explanations for why and, God does this. Or event. what I would say is, be makir toiv to the soldiers, daven for them, say the tefillah for their shalom. Do a food drive. I don't yeah, know. That's do what I'm saying. Drive, that, which a lot of people are doing. Which is that. I saw today somebody posted, he was in the grocery in Osharad. He posted, he was filming some Belzer Hasidim who were buying stuff for the military to give away, and the receipt was three meters long. So, All right. That, that, that's should, right. I like that, that we should applaud. And, and that, they can keep Shabbos. Let them well, keep Shabbos. I would, say, I would say start the Zman when you're supposed to, and maybe spend this week strengthening morale. Yes, learn to have your story, and also be makir toiv of what these families are doing is people that are leaving with their families. They can go home and have the leftover soup and have the leftover kugel and sit with their kids and put them on their knee. Whereas 300,000 conscriptees are not able to do that. And that is something which I think 
to me mm-hmm. would be, uh, I'm not the Rosh Hashiva of Mir. But that's my two cents, my little too cynical sense here. Anyway, that's about it, my friends. We'll catch you on a more psychological note hopefully soon. Sam, thanks for bearing that scarred soul of yours today. <laughs> yes, you always, you never disappoint. We'll check you later, guys. Be well. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you liked what you heard. If you did, please take a moment to share this or any of the many episodes available on our platform with friends in order to help grow our community. Until next time, Shalom. Shalom.